Hello and welcome to some Premier League. We have six games in the middle of the week before another full match day in the Premier League and the FA Cup final. And of course, we have Tom Rennie. Hello, Tom. Hello. Wow. Is the title race over? No, no. Still some hopes for Of course the it's over. It's over. It's finished. It's Kaputski. If, um, if you've got a bet on Man City to win the league and your bookie hasn't paid out, you should go to another bookie. Pay out, guys. It's over. It's finished. Give them the money. Of course, 1.12 are the odds for Man City to win, by the way. Man City to win 5-0 against Newcastle again. Exact score for Tom Rennie. Listen to him, guys. Remember, leave your comments, press the like and subscribe. Let's go on now with the show. Power is asking us for a sure bet for the show. Of course, there are no sure bets, but Tom is always telling you bet on Norwich to lose. This is almost a sure bet, so you can back that or go to our sure bets uh, tool. We have it in Otspedia, so there you have actual sure bets, but there are no sure bets like exact sure bets on the Premier League, but perhaps... Back in Liverpool, in Villa Park, is uh, almost uh, a victory or not, Tom? Because we have to see, you know, how Liverpool bounce back after that draw against Spurs. If they keep uh, fighting or if they rotate some players ahead of the FA Cup final, perhaps uh, Steven Gerrard taking out the odds that Liverpool still have to win the title. Yeah. Um... Well, let's start with Aston Villa because we can be quite brief with them. The season is kind of petering out, but I thought their performance against Burnley uh, at the weekend was actually really, really good. I was really surprised, actually, by how effective they were because all season long, the issue for Burnley, for, for, for Villa even, for two managers, has been how do you get Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings to play together? Dean Smith couldn't work it out. Steven Gerrard struggled to work it out. Against Burnley, suddenly something just clicked. Um, and maybe it was the fact that Emi Buendia finally had a good game for Aston Villa. Maybe it was because he was against pretty much championship opposition, which is a league that Buendia has excelled in during his career and not really shown he is Premier League quality. Certainly not a £40 million creative midfielder in the Premier League. But he was great. Watkins was great and scored. Ings was great and scored. All of a sudden, Villa looked like they were a dangerous team. The trouble is for Aston Villa, as it's been all season, really, defensively, they're not particularly good. 47 goals conceded um, is upper middle when it comes to the Premier League this season. But the quality of goals they concede are so poor. They make so many defensive errors. Tyrone Mings is rash. Esri Concer is poorly positioned quite a lot. Matt Cash is great going forward. Defensively, I'm not sure. And Luca Dean is always injured. And they let Matt Target go to Newcastle. So there's issues defensively for Aston Villa. And a lot of the games are about how they balance... The offensive players, the defensive players, sometimes the midfield is almost a void of, of people in there. So I think Aston Villa probably put in their best performance for three months against Burnley a couple of days ago, which will give them some hope going into this game, which is maybe reflected in the fact they're only around eight to one, which is actually not too bad um, when mm. they've been quite long in recent times. So there's obviously a bit of favour in the market for Villa trying to get something from this game. For Liverpool, I don't think they'll rest anyone for the FA Cup final personally. It just isn't really what they do. They might do some some rotations like Matip comes in for Canate or Robertson might have had a little knock the other day. So Simicast might come in. But 
if you drop Sadio Mane, Diogo Jota comes in, for example. It's only Roberto Firmino who's had a bit of a problem recently, and he may well come back in for this game. If not, he'll probably be in the squad for the FA Cup at the weekend. So, look, I think Liverpool didn't play particularly well against Tottenham a couple of days ago. The, the old low block, um, sitting deep, as we used to call it in my day, um, <laughs> they, they, um, they've struggled against it. Everyone does, sure. Anyone who does it good, like Tottenham, like under Antonio Conte, they're going to struggle against it. But there was a certain spark about Liverpool that wasn't quite there. They had 20-odd shots, but only, I think, three on target. They never really looked threatening in the game, and it took that deflected effort from Luis Diaz for them to even score. And even then, it was Spurs who came on strong as the game went on, not Liverpool. So I, I do think here that you're looking at a low-scoring encounter. I do think that Villa will actually push Liverpool quite hard. And of course, you have that Coutinho factor as well and the Steven Gerrard factor, as you mentioned. But on the side, what can you do? On the field, there's a lot you can do. And Coutinho, I think, will have something to prove. Not only the fact that Liverpool didn't want him back, not only the fact that Liverpool fans don't think of him fondly, really, because of the way he left and the protracted way in which he left, not only for the fact that he left just before Jurgen Klopp's team became great and his career really hit the skids, but also the fact that he doesn't really have anywhere to go. Villa can't really afford him. He'd need to take a massive pay cut to go there. Barcelona don't want him. So it's the kind of stage, the only game of the evening, where Coutinho might be like, right, here's me. This is the player I still am. Does somebody want me? That brings a factor to this game that, that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise. Um, I'd still favour Liverpool. I'd still favour Liverpool in a low-scoring game. I'd look for the under here. Under 2.5 goals in the game. That's 1-0 Liverpool. That's 2-0 Liverpool. But I wouldn't go more than that. I'd certainly be looking at goalless at half-time. Villa very strong in the first half of games. Fading as it goes on. And Liverpool to come on strong as it goes on. Mm -hmm. Coutinho to go to Man United, eh? perhaps. <laughs> Seeing that his career is over, it can be a good destination for Gratuitous. Him. Just gratuitous <laughs> at this point. Anti-Man United agenda everywhere. <laughs> everyone supports Liverpool. That's the trouble. Poor Man United. Poor, yeah, this is Guardiola saying that, that everyone is supporting uh, Liverpool. Uh, if you go for under, as you are saying, under 2.5 goals, uh, you find good odds. 2.38. This is a good... But, uh, of course, uh, Liverpool to draw, for instance, for Marco. He thinks uh, Villa are going to take points, double chance or a draw. You will find good odds, uh, both teams to score for our friend Patrick. More goals in the second half, Army Hossein is saying. Well, actually, Tom said that because he says uh, he's going to be goalless at halftime and Liverpool will win in the second half. Interesting game on Tuesday evening. Then we have four more games on Wednesday. And the first one is a key one. Uh, Leeds-Chelsea because we have Leeds back into the bottom three. So they have to get points out of this game with Chelsea dropping points and points in this end of the season. They are having a bad time after they were kicked out of the Champions League. And they have, of course, the FA Cup final that can save the season leads to take some points. No, I guess here, uh, Tom, if we bet mm. on that, we have very good odds. Well, I mean, you say that, but Leeds at five and a half to beat Chelsea. Chelsea a third and Leeds a third bottom. I mean, that's extraordinary. That's really extraordinary. I would expect for a game like this with teams in these positions to be 11 to one for Leeds and, and Chelsea about 1.5, maybe 1.3. The reason mm. for it, of course, is recent form. Um, mm. if, if we start with Leeds, they're desperate now. They are desperate now because 
Jesse Marsh came in maybe too late to prevent all the damage Bielsa had done in the 2022 stretch of this season being catastrophic for Leeds season. Their goal difference is appalling. They will not stay up on goal difference. They have to stay up on points gained. And when you get to this point of the season, three games to go, it's wins that matter. Draws mean nothing at this moment in time, certainly when your goal difference is useless. So Leeds need to win one, maybe two of the three games that are left. So they can't afford to toss this off. It's really, really big. Trouble is, no Tyler Roberts, no Patrick Bamford, no Liam Cooper, no Adam Forshaw. Now no Stuart Dallas. And Luke Ayling got himself sent off for that just idiotic challenge against Arsenal a couple of days ago. But after that, they still showed a lot of heart leads. They believe in this manager. They look better since Jesse Marsh has come in. And I think with 10 more games, they'd be safe. They haven't got 10. They've got three. They need to go out and win this match against Chelsea. And I think they can go out and win this match against Chelsea. Why? Because Chelsea have been awful. You take away the Manchester United game from recent weeks. You look at how they played in the game at the weekend against Wolverhampton Wanderers. A 2-2 draw. That should have been 5-2 to Wolves. And Wolves don't create chances. And they created a lot against Chelsea. Everton beat them. Chelsea didn't have the stomach and fight for that game. They beat West Ham, but they beat West Ham when they went down to 10 men in the 90th minute when West Ham were rotating for the Europa League. And they lost to Arsenal and they drew against Man United. Look, they played well in that game, but should have won it 7-0, right? So nothing in the last five weeks has gone Chelsea's way. Lots of players are leaving. The manager's having a lot of issues picking a team. And he's gone for this two up front, one in behind thing. He's done it for weeks now. It doesn't work. It just has not worked for them. As a, as a group of players up front, Pulisic in, in number 10 looks too lightweight. Lukaku scored a couple of goals last week, but when he scored his second, he started sprinting. So you notice how little work he's been doing before that. And Timo Werner was born offside. So they've got a lot of issues going forward. The midfield looks very weak. Loftus-Cheek, not a central midfielder at this level. Even Mateo Kovacic is making mistakes, which you don't really see from, from someone who's normally consistently very, very good. And the defence is woeful, really woeful right now. Malang Sar might play. I mean, we could get in the team in front of Malang Sar. Genuinely terrible. And that's because I've seen you. What a great defender you were and indeed are. Bit violent, but it's okay. So, a lot of issues with Leeds. A lot of issues with Chelsea. But I think Leeds need it more. I'm really disappointed to see 5.5. I might hold my bet here until I get to Wednesday. I think it's a 7.30 UK kickoff. Get to about 6 o'clock UK. Lay on it and it'll be about 7, 7.5 for Leeds to win. And I'd quite fancy it because Leeds really need it. Chelsea do not have the desire to win this game. They've got a big game coming up in the cup final at the weekend. And I wouldn't go too complicated here. I just think Leeds to win is a nice bet. Chelsea is not worth your time. I have no confidence in them. Draw market with both teams scoring, potentially. But leads to win because they have to. And when teams have to, often they do. Mm, perhaps this is why, as you mentioned, leads are very short, recent form, and the confidence of everyone of uh, about leads uh, getting the points here also. Of our audience, Marco going for leads, also human being going for leads. Uh, if we go for an under 2.5 goals, there are also good odds there, 2.37, because the bookies expect goals. So... There is some value also on going for under in this Leeds-Chelsea. Um, next game, nothing to play for. Leicester-Norwich. Norwich. Uh, Norwich. <laughs> 
conceding four even against uh, West Ham uh, last games in the Premier League and Leicester after an awful run of fixtures I guess it's time for them to win a football game no yes I think so yeah look Leicester they'll be delighted for this season to end it's been really mm. bad it's been really bad for them they had no luck all season that at times they've had 10 or 12 players missing but I think that's been an excuse a lot of this season for why Leicester have been so poor. They're so bad at defending corners. And I used to think it was because so many players were out. But now they have Johnny Evans and Fafana and Soyuncu and everyone's fit and everyone's available apart from Ndidi. And they still can't defend corners. There's a kind of basic lack of organisation at Leicester right now, which is really surprising. It suggests indifference. It suggests how miserable everybody is. People aren't doing their jobs because they just want this season to end. Unfortunately for Leicester, they still have four games to go. That's like torture uh, at the moment for Leicester fans. I don't know why they would turn up for this game. Maybe because it's Norwich, and maybe because even in their worst form in December, with 20 players out, they would still beat Norwich. And I'll be real disappointed next season when we reconvene for, for these previews, because Norwich won't be here. And I lose one guaranteed oh. better week. They have lost now 24 matches. Preseason, I said to you, 32. They've got three games left. They will lose 27. So that's not too bad. They're going to lose 27. And I bet on them to lose, I think, for 33 of the 35 weeks. That means I'm going to win 27 of the easiest bets you're ever going to win in your life. Norwich are rubbish. Norwich are relegated. Norwich are useless. They will lose this game. They will not score in this game. And I would go always Leicester win. 1.5 is no good. So let's give them a handicap. Let's go minus two. Leicester win, minus two. Okay, bye-bye Norwich, bye-bye Watford. We have uh, Fulham, we have Bournemouth, and let's see which one is the third team to be promoted. Uh, Leicester, Asian Handicap, minus two. You were saying, um, let's check the odds for that, it's 3.36, eh? it's very high. If you back um, Leicester, Asian Handicap, minus two. Next game, Watford, Everton. Awful season for Everton, another team with a lot of money going up and down Championship Premier League. Eh? And the good news for Everton is that they are facing them, especially because Watford, they've been rubbish playing at mm. home. And the hopes, I guess, for the Toffees, even winning away, eh? you wouldn't believe it. When they were facing Leicester, now the salvation is here for Everton. Close, close. Yes, they are. They are. I'm not sure what you were doing. Plucking a peach. It was very concerning what you were doing. Money, money. Oh, that's money. Okay, fine. Money. It was. It was graphic. Um, well, it's on the money tree. Obviously, it's all there. Um, look, Watford. Really briefly on them. Poor old Roy Hodgson. Right, shouldn't have taken the job. Shouldn't have gone back. The way the Potsos run the club, they're just an embarrassment of an ownership group. That they're, they're too rash. They have no loyalty. You would never want to be an employee there. They don't take care of you. And the Premier League money over the years has bailed them out of their just awful mismanagement of a, of a historic club in English football. Scott Duxby, the CEO, has to take a lot of responsibility as well for the day-to-day -day operations. You know, the club itself have great ties to their community in Watford. And, and they're very good with their fans. It's a real community club, Watford. But the way it's run above that, I mean, how many times does this model have to fail? They're sacking your manager when they do badly. And there's the Pozzos who are just an embarrassment when it comes to hiring and firing. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if Roy Hodgson didn't make it to game week 38 and they brought someone else in for a week before hiring somebody else 
Another promotion, another three managers. The signings are just diabolical. Samir, Kayembe. Who are these people? Who, who are they? Where did you where did you get them? Like just terrible players, terrible season, 70 goals conceded, 25 losses. I think it's 12 or 13 losses at home going into this one. I forget if this will be the 13th or not. Diabolical. And I wish I'd known earlier in the season that my Norwich bet was just as safe on Watford. I just always felt Watford would do something. I don't know why. I think I just have friends who are Watford fans. I feel sympathy for them or something. But I just felt like they would do it. And, and they're abysmal. So you've got three more weeks to bet on Watford to lose. And go mm. big, because they will. Um, so a lot of money still to be made on Watford and Norwich. For Everton, what Frank Lampard has done, he's not tactically astute. He doesn't really have a style of play. He's not a manager you could really explain. But what he does understand is motivation. And what he does understand is mentality. Uh, one of the best mentalities of an English footballer maybe we've ever had, Frank Lampard. And he basically looked at his team and he's gone, Anthony Gordon. Um, he's gone with Jordan Pickford. He's gone with Seamus Coleman, who's not fully fit. He's gone with Richarlison. He's gone with people who, you know, some of those players may not be the most technically good players at Everton, but they've got the right character. And the right character is what matters now when you're about to get relegated from the Premier League. So I think that you've got an Everton side here who need to win, who have shown they've got the fight to win, and a Watford team who are abysmal, and Everton win this game all ends up. 1.9 is actually so short for a team that have been as bad as Everton this season with just two away wins all season. But they will win, and I think they'll win quite big as well, actually. I would maybe an Asian handicap Everton. What? I would say minus two for Everton in this game. I'd look for Everton to win both halves. I'd look for Everton to win this game 3-0 at a minimum. No goals for Watford. Mm -hmm. Seven points only at home for Watford. This is uh, appalling. <laughs> appalling indeed. Terrible. Uh, minus two. Asian handicap minus two for Everton. Odds are very good. 6.5 here. Only Santa has the trust on Watford. Mark my words. Everton will lose here. Santa, uh -huh. we will mark your words, of course. Next game. <laughs> Next game on Wednesday. Wolves, uh, Man City, another team. Wolves that they are ending really badly the season. No victories for them in the last four. Otherwise, actually, they will play in Europe uh, last season, but it won't happen. I guess it's going to be also the fifth uh, defeat in a row because, as you mentioned before, no, you are fully confident of Man City winning every single game and winning the Premier League. I am, and I think this will be the one that gets them over the line to 89 points. I think that that's about where Liverpool are going to get to. It would leave them, as things stand, six points behind, three games to go. I think two wins and maybe a loss for Liverpool from what is left with the Champions League coming up is quite a likely scenario. Um, I think the Newcastle game may well be the one for Liverpool. Um, but um, I think you're in a situation here where Wolverhampton Wanderers if Bruno Large wasn't their manager, I think they would have won against Chelsea. And they may have won some other games previously. The trouble is, Bruno Large has also got them to this position by playing this extremely negative, extremely uh, undaring football. Like, it's so cautious and it's so drab. And it's quite nasty, actually, the way he plays. He's a real Simeone light, Bruno Large. Unless you were a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan, 
you would not want to have paid to watch this. And frankly, I get paid to watch it and I don't want to watch it. It's just a really awful way of playing football. They score a goal, they shut it down, they stop taking risks. And I know some of those players that he's got who are offensively minded, have been injured all season, like Trincao or Jimenez or Neto or all these guys who are good. Fine. But they've also played for portions of this season and he's got no interest in getting them to attack. That's not who he is. If, if, if they had a bit more daring in the dugout, they may well already be in European football. They have to win against City or Liverpool to get above West Ham. And they've also got to beat Norwich. But as we know, that's a given. So they have to win one of those two games, which shouldn't be the case. West Ham have won one in five. They should have got above them in this run, where West Ham have been on their knees with injuries and the Europa and all that sort of stuff and suspensions. So they failed there. And they'll fail here. Because even though Wolves are a good defensive unit, Man City can break down good defensive units. And even though Wolves won this game last season in, in quite dramatic circumstances, I don't see that trick being repeated. I don't see the motivation being there for Wolverhampton Wanderers and for City. This is it now. And this is why I said to you I was so confident of a 5-0 win over Newcastle the other day because this is the season now for Manchester City. It's about how many points they get. It's about crushing teams to the finish line. And they know Wolves away and West Ham away are actually quite tough tasks to take on 8th and 7th, good defensive teams, in that late run. So there will be no complacency here. I know there's injuries to Kyle Walker and John Stones and Ruben Diaz, but they've still got I'm Rick Laporte and Jao Cancelo and Nathan Ake's all right. You know, it's not too bad. And, and, and Alexander Zinchenko. So it's not like bare bones. They've still got multiple Premier League winners across their back line. I don't think big win in the same way as I did against Ooh. Newcastle. But I do think win. I'd be looking here for City to win both halves, but under 2.5 goals scored. All right. Uh, Santa is uh, asking you for a comment about the deal done about uh, Haaland. It's funny, uh, Tom, because I listened to one Spanish journalist working for Sky Sports, uh, no? Guillem Balaguer, very close to Guardiola, and analyzing the defeat of Man City against Real Madrid. He was saying it's because one of the reasons uh, Real Madrid is uh, buying uh, all the best players around the world. And it's like this guy is living in another world when he is defending Man City season after season, spending 150 million buying mm. players. Uh, I guess Haaland, they actually need him, but we saw the example of Grealish, for instance, that uh, yeah. it was of no need. Yeah, I mean, the Jack Grealish signing is irrelevant in this season, right? If it didn't happen, mm. would anything have changed? No, not one single thing would have been different if Jack Grealish was playing for somebody else, apart from the fact he wouldn't have come on against Real Madrid and missed an open goal. So maybe City would be in the final, right? So the greatest signing has been a waste of time. Holland, I think, has been very impressive. His goal-scoring record is, is ludicrous, actually. But he's also playing in the Bundesliga, where defending is seemingly optional. So he's, he's not really like being tested at the highest level when he plays Armenia, Bielefeld and Freiburg, these clubs, right? No offence. Well, some. It's up to you. But it, it, it's not the highest quality league when it comes to defending, certainly. So... I, I do think that it's a big step up for him. And I do think it'll be tougher for him. He'll certainly score goals. But, you know, Romelu Lukaku was incredible when he played in Serie A. And what is he here? And also ran centre forward who's struggling for double figures. There's no guarantees you'll score goals in the Premier League if you're earning Haaland. I think he looks better than Lukaku, more mobile. But also he's injured a lot. Yeah, His injury record is not great for Borussia mm. Dortmund. He misses long spells of the season. So 
Look, I think he is the most promising young striker in European football. I think for 60-odd million pounds, it's almost a giveaway when you're being bought by a sovereign wealth fund. That's money they find down the back of the sofa uh, at the Etihad Stadium. So it's a good deal all round in many ways. He may well still get the Real Madrid movie apparently once in a few years' time when Real Madrid um, return to the Galacticos era, which I'm sure they will, having learned nothing from the recent financial issues they've had. Oh, we've got a good young team. Is it going really well? Yeah, it's going great. Let's buy some stars. Because it's just, you know, they're doomed to repeat those failures, Real Madrid, forever for some ridiculous mm, reason. But we well, don't think so. You've currently got a brilliant young team, That's brilliant right. young players, and they'll go, oh, who's, 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 who can we sell shirts of? Another Hazard. Let's get him in. It's always the same. You know it. They're desperate to be Galacticos again as a part of them. They're actually quite likable now, Real Madrid, for the first time in 100 years. I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll ruin it. But um, we'll have that conversation later. Holland, all right. Seven out of ten. Good transfer. Okay. And last game then on Thursday, of course, the North London Derby. The most interesting game. Well, one of them because actually there are very good games in this midweek. Uh, Arsenal four points away from Tottenham. Last games uh, of uh, contest teams is uh, Burnley and Norwich. Uh, So, basically, the Spurs have to win this game. But the problem, only one victory in the last four for Spurs. What can we expect in this very, very good game? I'm not saying do this, because as you know, you never bet on exact scores. Maybe for fun, maybe with a low amount, but you never do it. But it's going to be 2-2. Do you want some more? (laughs) It's going to be 2-2. I mean... Why are you so confident about Tutu? This game always finishes as a draw. More times than it doesn't. It's one of the most drawn matches in football. Mm. Uh, Both teams elevate themselves in this game. It it is a proper rivalry that is drummed into players when they sign for these two clubs almost immediately. Here's our season goal. But as long as we beat Tottenham or Arsenal, it'd be all right, depending on who you're playing for. Um, Tottenham, I think, have blown it in terms of Champions League qualification with a couple of bad performances against Brighton and Brentford. I actually think Brighton played really well and deserved to beat them. Brentford didn't do a great deal and Tottenham should have won that game but didn't up it themselves. They were poor. So it was the Brentford game, I think, that's going to cost them in the end. I was really surprised that Antonio Conte played for a draw against Liverpool on uh, on Saturday, which he clearly did. They nearly nicked it at the chance at the end, the Hoybier header. Should have put it in or could have found Kane. In the end, it was a clearance in the last minute. Terrible when, when they could have won it. And we're all saying, what a great master plan from Conte. But he brought on Harry Winks at some point, And it was a bit like, oh, they're holding on for a draw. They're happy with the draw. So they think that, that Arsenal are going to drop points elsewhere and they will beat them. Um, and they may well do against Newcastle. I think that's the, what I was thinking of earlier when I was talking about Liverpool. Um, it's the Arsenal game against Newcastle that they're going to be thinking about. Could Newcastle beat them at St. James's? Yes. Could Tottenham beat them at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Yes. They do that. Spurs are in the driving seat going into the final day. If that's the case for next Sunday, then it's a a brilliant high-risk strategy that Antonio Conte has pulled off. Otherwise, not going in for the kill against Liverpool when he had Son and Bergwijn sitting on the bench, um, Mora Bergwijn even, plus other offensive players. I think that may have been a mistake. I, at the moment, think that was a mistake and he should have done that. But I'd still quite fancy Tottenham because they defend really well. They're brilliant on the break. Arsenal not the kind of team that are going to go there and sit in and try and low block their way to a nil-nil draw. They're not particularly good at that. They don't have Thomas Partey, who's their best central midfielder. 
though Elneny has done well recently, they will still look to try and get forward. I've been impressed with Eddie Nketiah the last couple of weeks. He tries to get in behind, but there's no real space in behind Tottenham because they're not a press-up-the-field sort of team. So I actually think the two teams here will cancel each other out. I can see a couple of scrappy goals. I can see Christian Romero going up and scoring from a corner. I can see Eddie Nketiah firing it towards one corner and it hits a defender and goes to another. You know, I can see this being entertaining and thrilling and goals in both halves, but this screams draw to me. It screams draw. It screams both teams score. It screams Arsenal lead at halftime and the scores are level at full time. And I'd be looking here for the game to be certainly above 2.5 goals in a draw. That means 2-2. That means 3-3. And I would be looking at that. Okay, Harris Bain, actually, your exact uh, score to to draw. We have odds at 14 for to to draw, but uh, people are saying back Tottenham like Santa, Assis, uh, Marco is going for Arsenal to win. Also, Patrick is going for a draw. So there are multiple opinions, of course. Everyone has a different opinion. Tom, what's up? All good, all good. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their opinions. God bless you for your uh, opinions. Of course, of course. But who said 5-0 a couple show. days this ago, a, huh? This is a free show, everyone. I 4-0 I West Ham and 5-0 Man City a couple of days ago. I mean, come on, guys. Huh? Come on. Uh, this is good. Then they complain if you are wrong for one game. Yeah, I did this get many not... other things wrong. That's true, yes. yeah. yeah but, you know, we. this is not an exact science Let's go with your Aka, Tom, yes. for these games. Three teams. Leicester win because it's Norwich. Everton win because it's Watford. City win because they're Man City. It's only three and a half, but that's what I've got. Okay, fair enough. Guys, thank you for following with us. The Premier League, even in the middle of the week. Tom, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.